Welcome back for another helping of oysters, clams, and cockles. I'm your host, Ross Bolin. Here, as always, with my dear friend of like 20 years, Mr. Barrett Dudley. Barrett, how are you? Oh man, I'm okay. Just uh, yeah, me too. A little, a little bummed because stupid fucking question, frankly. Well, here's the thing. Here's here's what's here's what's grinding my gears. Um, Shouts to Peter Griffin. What's grinding your gears today, Peter? Yeah. Um. The the thing is, this the the movie podcast over at the Ringer put out their uh their top thirty five actors in our thirty five. Uh huh. You sent you sent me this, and um. I turned 35 in about eight weeks, so this is this was my last opportunity to get on to make it on this list. Damn it! And they, you know, they they got at me, and they were like, "You were don't you were honorable mention? Like if you the were list, considered if the list was had been 40 or 50, you probably would have slid in there. But it's 35, but, th- but it's under 35, 35 under 35. That makes it difficult. If they could have gone 36 under were, 35. Maybe, you were there. Who? Maybe you were right there. I do, they didn't say that exactly, but they. But, but we they, are. But they they were making. Uh, that that innuendo that I was that I was a close call, but it's just it it is a bit of a bummer because um, this this was my last opportunity to make it and I won't and um, I, I will no longer be under thirty five. Damn, dude. Next year and it's just it's really you know for whom the bell tolls. You know what I mean? Like Absolutely. like uh, like death is around the corner and yes. when you can't be on this list anymore, uh, I think that that becomes ever more present and clear and true and i, I just it, it, rachel zegler over me really really who the fuck is um, that but uh you know it's, wait seriously it's, who is rachel zegler i actually don't know i, I picked her out because i don't know who she is all right but, googling um you know it's okay because there's still uh, now i've got five years to get on a top 40 under 40 list that's that's the new goal <laughs> Um, or even like a top 37 under 37, right? Like Dude, those, are, those are out there. Those yeah, are, for those sure. are popular. I mean, we're going to make one uh, <laughs> for sure ourselves and publish it. Um, um, but, but we can, we'll get to this, the, we'll get to the, this list in a little bit. Okay. My, my biggest takeaway is that it's, it's weird that some of these people are younger than me, but, but, but continue with the, the house cleaning, tell the people why we're here. I don't know why we're here. I don't Probably know why we're just here. like shoot tentacles out of our arms. That's what's happening in squid game, right? Okay. <laughs> well, we're here to talk about television and, and movies, the things we've been uh, watching. Yes. Which which yes. Squid Game is a good place to start. You you hit our high school group text, yeah, our uh, main group chat, or my main group chat, yeah, as well as mine. It's it, the most active one, I would say, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, I would say that that activeness rests on a couple contributors in particular, as it probably does in most group chats. There's like, you've got to have people who are. And this changes hands sometimes, but you got to have somebody who's kind of the leader or the driving pusher. the content. Yes, you got to have that. Yeah, and it'll change at different points in the group chat's history if you're lucky enough to have yeah. a long-standing one. But I will say, I will say the thing about that group chat, and it's a, it's it's a smaller one. It's it relatively is. small. Yeah, I think you go over five people, you're and, making and, a mistake. And everybody does contribute. Yes, that's true. There is the, no dead weight. Nobody is just like 100. Nobody is ever just like that one person that's just not responding. Like, is Carl even in here anymore? <laughs> is he even alive? Yeah, we don't that, have that. that. It's six, though. It's six. It's six. Do we have six? It's six in there. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, so More I'd than six, I'd and you got a problem. I'd cap it at six. Yeah, that's, that's uh, you maximum. Know, lucky number 11, then you're, you know, you're... You're slipping. You're slipping. That's um, what they say. But uh, but but so that's that's why it's good is because even though the, there are some uh, like you said some some real drivers of content there, everybody contributes contributes and gets their gets a word in here and there. Much like um, a good NBA team, except with one right. too many players. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, Barrett texts the group and he says he's like, "Have y'all heard about Squid Squid Game?" Um, and it immediately like you know made the light bulb go off in my head. Uh, and the way the way you put it off microphone just before the show was, has the algorithm introduced this to you yet? <laughs> and it's like that's the only way we find out about things now. Yeah, has it, it infiltrated if, your algorithm? If it infiltrates your algorithm, yeah. And uh, it had it, it. I can't. I think it was Twitter where it infiltrated my algorithm, and I was like, it was a picture of some almost ninja garb looking motherfuckers, but, and I was like, pink. I don't, yeah. And I was like, I don't know what that is there. Yep. But it looks interesting to me. But that was all I had gotten to at that point in, in terms of algorithm infiltration. And then you yeah. were the next, the next so, piece of so information. It, 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 it fell into my algo, as it were, yesterday. But I know that it was super hot over the weekend. And I, I kind of went heard, viral, if you I, will. Yes. And I had heard the name Squid Game. Like just ra- like I probably saw it on Twitter or saw it pop up on Instagram or something, and I was like, I don't know what that is, 
And then basically by Tuesday, there were enough like podcasts and tweets and articles and think pieces and like hubbub around it. Right. That I was like, okay, what the hell is this squid game? And then that's when I started doing some investigation. Okay. uh, I'll read you some of those headlines real quickly just to give you an idea of like why Barrett got sucked in and then why it's, you know, garnering so much attention. How Netflix's brutal squid game is already wreaking havoc around the world. Here's another headline. A Korean man is being inundated with over 4,000 calls a day after his phone number was used on Netflix hit Squid Game. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Squid Game, what it is and why you will be obsessed with it. It's like, it's it's one of these shows that you and me bring up, right? It's it's like these hot button shows that kind of... They just, they, 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 they catch fire and they take over the consciousness and the culture and like it, it's just uh, they infiltrate the algorithm. They infiltrate man. the algorithm. They really, really do. Yeah. And but this one is, I think, surprising for uh, for a few different reasons. Okay. Or because I have least, no idea what it's about. Or still. at least intriguing for a few different reasons. The first of which is that this is a Korean show. So not an American made. So this is not an American made TV show. That's correct. It is. It's. It's a series. It's ten episodes or nine episodes or whatever on all, all dumped on Netflix at once. Subtitles. Yep. Okay. There, uh, uh, it is. It is Netflix. So, like some people did for Dark, there is a dubbed version. I do not suggest it. That is a sin. Uh, with these things, whether it's City of God or Dark or whatever else, like you need to hear it in its intentional tongue. Yeah. If right now you're listening to our show and you're in like Deutschland and you've got like <laughs> your fucking language dubbed over our like beautiful American, yeah, they're accents. doing that. They've got the Germans. They're just they're redubbing our podcast. You I sons know. It's, of bitches! It's weird. You, you better weird. reverse that quickly. Yeah. You better get the Braille version or whatever. No, I think I, you, fixes you, that. You gotta watch. You gotta watch. You gotta hear the Korean language being spoken. I think that's always. I think it's important. I think that that's it's part of the show. Dubbed over versions of things that aren't anime shouldn't exist. Yeah. Um. But so it's it's. It's a Korean show that everybody in America is either watching dubbed or with subtitles. And it just it it speaks to the Netflix thing that I think we kind of kind of just bowl over sometimes, yeah. which is that Netflix is global, man. They have international glo- they baby. have global international domination in mind. Yeah. You know? And so they are they have divisions everywhere in like 40 countries or whatever making and researching and developing and creating TV shows. And that's right. Like one of the reasons why sometimes I think we 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 slip up or say that I don't know if we're slipping up or not, but like sometimes it feels like Netflix isn't putting out as much like prestige content as it can, some, it can feel as, that way as HBO or Hulu or FX, right? Well, in particular, because over the past couple of years they really have shifted even further into what you're speaking to now. This sort of like very international. Something for everyone. Yeah. Right? Yes. Like, there's all reality TV shows, game shows, Korean shows, like, every fucking thing. Yeah. And you're just kind of like, oh, this is like television. But you're not putting it in the context of what they've done here. Yeah. Which is that they created the space you're talking about, where that can even be a thing that we're getting. Like, back in the day, bro, cable network channels and, and television producers in the United States were not focused on trying to bring international flavor, trying to right. take over the Asian market too, or like yeah. Great Britain or Canada or whatever the fuck. Netflix has no whole, there's no limit to that. So like the internet changed that whole thing. The streaming game changed that whole thing. And Netflix pretty much invented the streaming game, ipso facto. Now we're seeing all the other networks sort of try to replicate it as well. Well, and so be- because they have that, it's like they they can see that like, holy shit, we just launched Squid Game. Korea is going nuts for it. Serve it to the Americans. Serve it to the Americans. And so it's like, and 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 that 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 barrier doesn't even exist anymore because Netflix has broken it down, right? Like, oh shit, our German crazy time travel show is working. Put it on the American algorithm. Like, it, this is so that they can just manufacture in a way it, when stuff hits, they can push it to the three hundred or two hundred million Automatic subscribers or whatever success. across the globe. And it's like it's not it. These shows like now once they're hits for Netflix, they're not even siloed into like American culture. They are pieces of global culture. And Squid Game is um, I I don't want to. I think part of the fun here and part of the the, the craze over the weekend has been that like nobody really wants to tell you what Squid Game is about because you kind of need to see it. Right. Um, 
so so I, I won't go too far in depth, but but the story is going to feel pretty familiar because as we all know, the most dangerous game is man. Right. Correct. And that's and 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 beyond that, if anybody hears the name of the show, Squid Game, and doesn't automatically understand that something fucked up is happening here. I mean, there's squid. It's yeah, dude. Squid like, automatically implies issues, right? Yeah, yeah. Like I heard the name Squid Game, and I was like, mm, something, something bad's happening in this series, huh? <sighs> Fucking dude, something about it's like Asian culture mixed with hentai. <laughs> yeah, birthed this yeah, tentacle porn, tentacle porn shit that exists now, and it's like. If you say squid, I immediately know something horrifying yeah. <laughs> is happening on this show. Yeah. And yeah. and and to to give you the version of it that I think is com- almost completely spoiler free. It's a 9 episode series that tells the story of a group of 456 people who which is a large number first thought like yeah. that's a shit ton of people how do you introduce so many characters i guess obviously they don't pick and go through all of them um they get invited to a mysterious game show survival show situation with a massive prize at stake yeah right that's the yeah. gist of it yep and then i'm assuming it shows that humanity has issues some slight problems in our in our in our algorithm, if you yeah, will. Yeah, yeah, sure. Both uh, w- with relationship to one another, and then um, perhaps to you, nature. You'll, re- you'll recall that the squid. It, it, another a piece here that that is also kind of curious, and and Lara actually brought this up, is how um, Korean culture mm-hmm. seems to be very much like infiltrating and like abiding by like Western norms in a way. You know, we got a lot of K-pop over here right now. Uh, we got Bong Joon Ho. Do, doing Parasite and then like the extended Parasite universe for HBO Max. Like the Korean content is stuff that for some reason like is really resonating over here. And I think it's because they've kind of, they've always liked to talk about some of these same things that we're kind of reconciling with right now, like class. Yes. And And I think uh, they also took a lot of things that sort of started in America. Like an example would be uh, American streetwear. And then they developed their own versions of that. Yep. That then we discovered were tighter than ours and adopted, and there's th- and then that on top of anime culture has like massively, massively infiltrated Gen Z far, far more than you and I's generation. Sure, sure. Like but it, it was almost like if you watched anime when you and I were in high school, you were probably a dork or you didn't tell anybody. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Now it's like if you don't watch anime, it's like what? What are you a racist? <laughs> Um, but, but yeah, her, her point was, was almost that like the Korean stuff is being more, um, is just like proliferating more than the Japanese stuff. And I think specifically we we all, right. And we, I think we always kind of think of of like Japanese as like the Asian culture that kind of is most Western or is, or is mirrored by ours the most. Absolutely. And right now, like the, the Korean culture seems to be kind of. Even more so, maybe. Even more so, yeah, yeah. I just, I feel like the Korean, the, and this is based on a very ignorant worldview, having not been to either of the places we are currently <laughs> sure. discussing. But I feel like Korea's, the pop culture of Korea that is presented to me is almost like Japan with more edge with, okay, or something. Okay. Like there's, it's, I don't even know. Like it's somehow the advanced version of that, like even furthered. Maybe yeah. in my brain. There, there's also, uh, and and again, it, neither of us has has spent any time really over there. I, not I, you substantial know, I've, I've, time, right? I've, and and I've I've been to Tokyo for like three days. It's not enough time to explore the city or really get a feel for it. And the language barrier is so great that like you're not even really sure what's going on anyway. So I'm I'm again speaking here in in some type in like some generalization. Sure, but, I did watch you know, the Leonardo DiCaprio film The Island once. Okay, I feel like he dealt with possibly some Koreans in that film, Barrett. You know, how like and and Korea is also very high tech. But you know how we think yes. of like J- Japan is like ultra high tech, like video games, TVs, like computers, like Fucking they're just sex like, robots. Yeah. Yes, they're on the cutting edge of like 
all of this technology. Yeah. So much so that that many headlines have been made over the last few years about how like young people in ja- in Japan are just straight up not even having sex anymore. Well, like, and they have a dying they have a, at their computers. They have screens. like a birthing problem because yes. nobody is having a relationship and 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 screwing. Incel right culture, way bigger <laughs> problem in Japan than here, man. Um, it it would seem that maybe Korea is having less of that. So Korea is almost maybe even more of like. The, the bridge between the two. They found the good mix. Yeah, I don't know. Huh. Oh, that's... If, Again, if any kind of our Japanese talk, kind listeners... Kind of talking out of my ass here. So, sure. But, yeah, but, but that's but what I'm we just, do. I'm just saying, that's kind of what it, that's what it seems like, and I thought it was a good point that, that Korean stuff is definitely having a moment where it's resonating here. Right. Um, you know, and... Very and, heavily. Very heavily, I, I, yeah. Like, give me a culture that's not... That's resonating more heavily with American pop culture right now than Korean. Yeah. I don't think it exists. It's just kind of shocking, because then when you think of North Korea... You certainly don't think of ties to American culture. Right. It's the complete <laughs> fucking opposite. They literally don't want to, pre- they want to pretend we don't exist yeah. at all. Anyway, if you're one of our Japanese or Korean listeners and you'd like to comment on our current yeah, feel free to slap us around a little bit for any of our yeah, takes. Of course, here, of yeah. course, yeah. And again, I would <laughs> but, note, if you are uh, listening with us dubbed over, fuck you, stop that. <laughs> Turn it back onto American. Um, God damn it. So, uh, yeah, I, I watched the first episode of Squid Game last night. It is, uh, a, a, there was another show recently. It was a cartoon superhero show. The name of it is slipping my mind right now. It was called like Unbelievable or something like that. I can't, I, I don't. I'm There's not sure. A lot of what you people, just said. People talked about the first episode having like this very very shocking ending, and I never saw it. But so far, I'm, this is like when somebody's like, you know, white guy, six feet tall, brown hair, and you're like, that's half of the people <laughs> in this area. But this is a cartoon, uh, cartoon uh-huh. uh, superhero show. <laughs> I know, but think about think about what you're saying. Batman, Superman, okay, you're X Men, right. right. Um, I don't know, bro. Invincible, I, Invincible. I'm, oh, I, I believe. Oh, it was okay, called. okay, okay. I think that was the one. It had this big. Uh, nah, that's not it. Are Maybe you sure? it is. Yes, yeah, yeah, I think it is. It is. It is. <laughs> okay, <laughs> great podcasting here. No, it um, is. I, either way, it's it called Discovery. This, it had this big shocking episode one. Finish. Crazy cast in this one, by the way. I J.K. Never, Simmons, uh, Mark Hamill, all these people. I didn't see it, but based on on the the uh, the conversation around it, I'm pretty sure like a bunch of people die or something. That's what it. You know, I don't know what else. Damn, could, bro! Spoiler is, alert. Is so shocking at the end of the cartoon. People one. all die. Um. So there, there's, despite having not seen that episode of television, the end of episode one of Squid Game feels like maybe it is doing something similar. Um, and from what I have heard, many episodes will kind of have your jaw on the floor. There is a lot, there's a lot of, uh, of reference here in the first episode as well. It looks like a lot of things that you've seen before. Um, y- y- you'll know quickly that, that, like I said up front, that like something awful is happening here. That some that super fucked up stuff is happening. Um, there, no. there are, there are, do, do you remember the computer game when we were young called Lemmings? Oh yeah, baby. Yeah, oh, for sure. I swear Dude. the people that wrote this show were were playing or, or recalling Lemmings. Okay. Uh, is it? Is it? Can I ask you, is it the... Because kind of the impression I'm getting, and one of the things that I think Korean culture has done a much better job of tackling with their art than we do here in the States even, for very specific reasons, I'm sure, is it is the main topic at hand... Sort of even more so than like, and you you made a comparison to Black Mirror mm-hmm. in our in our text group, right, right. And where Black Mirror is obviously the, the the mirror to society, right? It's the concept of like kind of each story is supposed to tell us something about ourselves that we are not willing to face, right? Um, as a society, these issues that we have mostly based around technology, right? Uh, is Squid Game kind of is its point less about society and more about like the value of human life? So obviously, it feels like that's what they tackle often. Way too early for me to 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 comment oh, okay. yeah, broadly on that because or in depth on that because I've only seen the one episode. Yeah, but sometimes um, you know shit you're not supposed to know. Yeah, I, I know I, you. I, that's true. Um, no, I I I don't think that's where it's going. Okay, I think it's more so. You mentioned like like what kind of humanity comes down to, especially when people's backs are against the wall. Okay. Um, Hunger games I, I, I mentioned Black Mirror, but like, it, it, as you read in the synopsis, like these people have to play a game, right? Well, who was it that said, 
I want to play a game or who wants to play a game. It's Jigsaw from Saw. Oh, fuck. Right? Yeah. Like, there's a lot, like, like I, I, I'm immediately reminded of Saul when, mm-hmm. through the first episode of this, uh, of this series as well. And again, like, I'm, I'm not, I, I've only seen one episode. I don't want to give uh, too much away. And nobody's chopping their foot off yet. Sure. But they are, well, play, I mean, f- they are playing games, and I'll just leave it at that. You have to think about it this way, too, though. Like, when Saw came out and, and chopped that foot off, if you saw that now, it wouldn't even be shocking. And then what the Koreans have been on is our shit 100x with violence. <laughs> they do not care, dude. Um, I'm pulling up a movie right now that my lawyer actually recommended to me that is it is a Korean film called Old Boy. Oh, yeah. Very famous. That is very, very famous, has a massive cult following. And that one, and then the other one he had me watch is Ichi the Killer. Okay. Uh, it's a 2001 film that is Japanese, I guess, not Korean, that one. But just as, like, Asian films, Asian horror films in particular, that I have watched over the years, I got deep into the horror category at one point several years ago that resulted in me getting horror movie recommendations from, actually, at that point, my uh, book editor, which makes me sound tight, so I'm going to say it. <laughs> and... Uh, and man, they were they're on another level. They're on some whole other other shit with violence and like yeah. we watch HBO and we're like, oh man, Game <laughs> of Thrones has so much gratuitous nudity and violence. Yeah. And then you go watch some of this Asian shit and you're like, oh yeah, man, we are like good Christian fucking little uh, prudes over here by comparison. Like these people are going at it, dude. Yeah. Even even you mentioning old boy, another one that comes to mind is the Raid, which is Indo- yeah, which is Indonesian. Um, and it's more of like an action thriller, but uh, but yeah, it obviously like traffics in a lot of that heavy, heavy violence as well. And then of course, um, Parasite was like this huge breaking point for us in American culture, where that was Korean, right? I believe, yeah, I'm, I'm almost before positive. I, before I sound incredibly stupid, I, I feel I'm like ninety percent sure. I'm confirming now. Please, Bong, be Korean. <laughs> South Korea, woo, yeah, huge. Yeah. Um, I felt pretty confident. About God, that, that was that was close. Pod, <laughs> Clam Fam's all sweating. Oh God, this could be the last episode ever. Um, that was a huge breakthrough moment for American culture. Uh, uh, and then, of course, we all went back and watched that Train movie he made too, and felt like we were super fucking Snow cultured. Piercer. Yeah, yeah. Snowpiercer, and now it's a TV show. I think maybe on Netflix, which yes, takes no, us yes, full Snowpiercer circle. been been around for a while, and then the, that show I think is already done. That, that show's been on for a minute, <laughs> multi seasons, multi right? seasons. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But anyway, it's it's one of those things we've just gotten gotten to know a little better over the last for several sure. years in yep, America, yep. and uh, and from Bar- from Barrett and I's generation growing up, our level of exposure to Asian culture through pop culture here in America was very limited compared to what it is now, which is just cool to see. Good for us. Yeah, went from mine extended to about uh, Three Ninjas. That was that was my Asian uh, culture. Tum Tum, Rocky, yeah. and Colt, three white children. <laughs> yeah, it's this is why most of our uh, generation still struggles a little bit with racism. It's yeah. A, it's a problem. Because um, of Tum Tum mostly. De- definitely. I Again, I, I mentioned all the references, and and not that, it was pr- not, not that this one is purposeful, but when you mm. sit down and turn on Squid Game, you'll be reminded of Parasite as well. So okay, that, cool. Yeah, I mean, it, a, lot, a lot of stuff that, that will... From the content to the story to the look to to everything, like you you you're gonna feel familiar in what this show is doing. I ha- I have I, I do expect some surprises and twists along the way, but it's definitely it's uh it's it's a perfect October show too. As the as things get a little a little, little, weird, little weirder, you know, yeah. and, and spookier Dude, here in uh, in uh, in the fall. It makes absolutely no sense that I am excited for this show, seeing as that I am struggling to get through Ted Lasso. <laughs> Because it's this different. is going to deal it's with it, but it's, it's something about like, well, that little area of my brain needs a tickle. Yeah, I, it's yeah. like sometimes when I get to a certain point with I've accepted the reality around. You got to open up the dungeon every yeah, once in a you while. Go in there and yeah. fuck around a little bit. <laughs> and I think it's time. And I'm 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 excited, very excited to watch uh, Squid Game. And speaking of Ted Lasso, I have I have some things I want to talk about. But before we get to that, this podcast today sponsored by. BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? I'm telling you, BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. I've been in therapy for over 10, 10 years now that I've been at it. Um, and it is the most helpful tool 
in terms of like my life tool chest or whatever that I have, therapy is the number one most helpful thing that gets me through my day to day that helps me uh, assess my own needs and, and figure out what I need and where I need to improve and to continue to grow as a human being. And with BetterHelp, you can start communicating in under 48 hours. It is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online with a broad range of expertise available, which may not be available locally for you in many areas. It's tough to find a good therapist. It's hard. It's kind of a pain in the ass. And you got to spend some money to even find out if they're good in the first place. It's not like a try-it-before-you-buy-it situation with therapy. It stinks. That is unless you're using our service, BetterHelp, which is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime. Send your message to your counselor. You get a timely and thoughtful response. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. You won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as you would with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches. So they make it free and easy to change counselors if needed. And it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling. And financial aid is available. And there's no reason for you to not do BetterHelp because they want you to start living a happier life today. So visit their website. Read their testimonials that are posted daily. BetterHelp.com slash dragon. BetterHelp.com slash dragon to join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. So many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Special offer for the Clam Fam. You get 10% off your first month. 10% off your first month when you go to BetterHelp.com slash dragon today. So, Barrett. <laughs> yes. You, uh... We're kind enough to invite me to my first major league soccer experience, which, as it turns out, is my first just professional soccer experience, period. Right, yeah. Which I didn't realize until we were sitting there. And one of the reasons I didn't realize it was because I've watched so much Ted Lasso the last couple months. that, And they, honestly, one of the things that being at this game with you showed me was that they do such a good job when they show you footage of the game taking place on the field, which is yeah. not that often, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that makes you feel like you're watching a soccer game. Yeah. Um, that you're in the stands, that I sort of have had that experience a lot lately. And I guess our TVs have just gotten, I'm watching on the 8K OLED thing or whatever, and it's like it's real. And then you and me had great seats. These are phenomenal seats that you uh, got for us. We're sitting like almost at the the half, what's it called? Half court inside in football? <laughs> what's it called? The, midfield. Uh, midfield. Midfield. Uh, and, and just the whole time I'm watching, I'm just like, I feel like I'm, in an episode of Ted, I probably brought it up to you six times. Yeah, we saw we saw many useful touches, um, and then useful. there were some unlucky, oi, as well. Uh, and then yeah, it was just a, it was a good day on the pitch. Uh, it wasn't uh, our side won. Our lads were our, were, our uh, side won. And, they worked uh, hard out there. And I just really like our shirts. You know, our shirts are a good part of our kit. Ah, so, the kit. Yeah, and there are a lot of a lot of fancy colored boots out there as well. I True noticed enough. a lot of the uh, the players wearing uh, various uh, colored boots. A lot of pink boots. Yeah, They're, the uh, the opposing um, squad <laughs> side sides uh, keeper was in all pink, an all pink kit. Yeah, yeah. he was. That's anyway, right. we saw a Ted Lasso <laughs> sign that said yeah. "Believe" yeah. down in our what's our the the the, the hardcore Austin FC fans are yeah, it's, called it's, the, uh, uh, it's, the Oak or some shit. It's called it's the supporter section, and they are called Los Verdes, I believe. Los Verdes, yeah. And they've got they got a sign over there with a Ted Lasso, you know, drawn onto him, mm-hmm. just his head. Yeah, very noticeable. Got to say, one of the genius things about Ted Lasso and Apple TV Plus's project there. Is Sudeikis's face is yeah? Look, he's a good-looking white man. He is. He's a handsome man, Sudeikis. But but he's not like the hottest. He's not a Brad Pitt style dude. He's not somebody you pass on the street and go, "Holy shit!" That yeah, guy's you getting... could argue that the that the uh, Austin FC uh, manager is actually better is looking. Better looking than than Jason. I, I don't Sudeikis. even know if that would be an argument. I just think Sudeikis would say straight up, like, "Yeah, that dude's more handsome." Yeah, classically he's than very me. hot. And uh Ted Lasso's look is like, you know, very plain sports guy, goes with his personality. He's got the mustache, but that's probably about as far as he's going to go stylistically. He's got, okay, I will say Ted has unrealistic solid sneaker game for a man of his age and possessing the rest of his stylistic qualities. Yes. That is not a realistic thing. Yeah, Sudeikis brought that in. That's that's all Sudeikis. Yes. Uh, He made it part of Ted Lasso, which I agree. Not saying I don't love it. Doesn't quite track. Don't, not saying I don't love it. It just there's no fucking way in hell. It's one of the unrealistic things about the show that that guy would have those fucking shoes all the time. I'm just saying. I'm glad that he does though. Um, but Sudeikis is very plain looking. Like the whole image of Ted Lasso is incredibly dialed down almost mm-hmm. 
but yet it is so recognizable because right. yep. I saw just the outline of that thing with the mustache and I was like, hey, Barrett. Ted Lasso yeah, side. Yeah. We're 5,000 yards away from it the It was thing. one of those types of artistic renderings where they're like, there's no face. It's just like the hair and the outline of the face and the mustache. Yeah. And you like, you know, you that's know. Ted Lasso. Yeah. Um, which was just cool to see. And it's like, you know, in America, for those of you who are listening internationally, we have always struggled mightily to figure the beautiful game into our culture. Like soccer has just never had a fit. We, it, not the way it does everywhere else, where it is the most popular game Far and away, yeah, in the world, most popular sport, the people's game, etc. And then here, yeah, it's like it's the MLS is kind of a laughing stock, even when your team is like the Dynamo won the championship multiple times. You and I are from Houston. It was cool, but it wasn't like if any of the other three teams had won a championship. Yeah, it, it's it's especially tough when you live in a city that has all of the other major sports. Oh, yeah. Um, and then also tough when you live in a city that it, it's weird because you know that like, like the LA, we, we were there for the galaxy. The galaxy have great supporters. Those games sell out in LA. They're like a pretty big deal. They're visiting fans. We're annoying as but, shit. Yeah. But it's like, but, but when you're in LA, like does a galaxy player hold a candle to a Laker or, no. you know, a Ram or Not unless he's the washed guy they got from uh, Europe. It, that's an all time yeah, great at the else. moment. Um, so it's just. It is a weird thing that we're trying to figure out the 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 most famous players in the game, the ones that are celebrities and stu- superstars all play in Europe. And like that's not changing anytime soon. So that's the part that's going to be really hard to figure out soccer-wise in America is like how do we make these the best players in the world here? How, or or, e- or even just how do we make the American players well-known, household names? Like how do we how, like right like I know like I can name like three guys on Austin FC, and I've been to three games. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, but here's the thing: it's like here, here's they're the, not in my they're not in front of me all the time. But they're here's not the in way my face all the time. Like here's the way I look at it at this point: if Europe launches a fucking American football league, good for them. But we're not watching. We don't care. This is football. We've got this covered. You're never going to be as good as us. Fuck off, oi. The opposite is true for soccer. It doesn't matter what we do. We are so goddamn far off from ever catching up with any of these fucking countries when it comes to playing soccer in our international teams that we're able to field that I really just don't think it matters all that much. It's like, how long would it take us to recreate a situation like the Champions League instead of just teaching fans in America how to be fans of European soccer, which is exactly what Ted Lasso has kind of done. There's always been this barrier there where... Even for me, a guy that's obsessed with sports and like bets on sports and actually loves the World Cup and bets on it like crazy every fucking four years. Um, I don't know shit about how European soccer works. It was yeah. always so confusing to me to try to figure out the point system, the, the tournaments. Why are there all these different leagues? How does it work in conjunction with their international teams? Do they just pick up and go when they have a fucking friendly against Mexico? Like none of that has ever made sense. And the first time I've felt like I have an entry point is Ted Lasso. Yeah, yeah. And that's exactly what F1 accomplished with their fucking F1 show. Yep. But the difference is the F1 show, Drive to Survive, is reality TV. Ted Lasso is fictional, which just makes it even more crazy that it worked. Because it's like, this is, it's just getting me like a, a typical American douche who kind of just hates on European soccer in general to have a better understanding for what the culture of the game and the sport is over there and why it makes sense there. Yeah. Um, so it's just cool. I mean, it's like, and to your point about, it's hard when you grow up in a city with a bunch of big teams to care as much about the soccer team when, when you're in the U.S. and it's kind of like the least important professional sport here, like behind hockey and shit. Like up in yeah. the north, hockey's very, very important. Just want to put that out there, by the way. Yeah. Wasn't for Barrett and I. But um, it's yeah, tough. It, it's it, tough to learn about. It's tough it, to get this, into... This conversation, a lot of it probably belongs on uh, banging the can, but um, well, we're talking about TV you, as it relates you know to how, it. I'm sure that you're familiar with like the NFL's like grand plan idea. You know why they always have a game in London, right? Yeah, they want us they to want go to a, Europe. They they want a team in London. They right. want a London NFL team. Right. That's the that that is where like so, something similar there needs to happen. Like we need like the MLS All Star team or whatever should be like should be able to play in the Champions League or something like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or Premier League needs a New York team. 
Yeah, but like all the good you know, guys like, on it, MLS teams are already on the fucking Euro teams, aren't they? Well, they're just no, like third they're on the MLS teams. Oh yeah. Okay, never mind. Like Pulisic is not on an MLS. Yeah, team. yeah, yeah. Okay, I got you. I got so you 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 either elevate and you're a yeah. European soccer player, not an MLS player. We're like the minor leagues right now, basically, right? Kind of. Yeah. The MLS is like, hey, you didn't make the Premier League. Hey, you didn't make the Champions League. Hey, yeah. you can't play in Europe. But they're it, they're it, and they're also they're trying to recreate Champions League down here with like the Mexico and the MLS and like the, it's called something else I can't remember what it's called. But there is a I want to say Concaf, but I don't know what the fuck Concacaf is like the the we have that's the that's the international group that like mm. puts on the Gold Cup or whatever, which is like our version of the Euro Cup. Um, but there is also a Champions League that has like Mexican teams and American and MLS teams and. Some other stuff. So I, I don't know. The, they're trying, but it is like it is. It is going to be this weird kind of vicious cycle where, well, all of America's best players, like Christian Pulisic, are not going to play for the MLS, right? And because I mean, the because the quality of play is not good and the money is not there. So the, like, with those two things, it's like, well, yeah, they're going to go play in Premier League and La Liga and Syria and all that other stuff. So oh, for sure. And and to your point about it being, it's the only professional sports team we have here in Austin. And as a guy who's been in Austin for like over ten years and Barrett for like fifteen or even longer, um, it sucks. It's the number one complaint yeah. about the city for me. So to be able to go and experience an Austin team playing yeah. a professional sporting event, yeah, for the first time in my life, I was like. Well, bro, if I grew up in Europe, where that was literally always the only option, I would probably be a murderous fan, like a ravenous yeah. psychopath no, of very, a soccer it's, hooligan. It's very cool, and going to the games, you like definitely the going to the games, having the MLS team combined with the Ted Lasso of it all. Like, I, I definitely, you know, I've got the, uh, I've got the fever for the for the uh, the great game. Yeah, and on a related note, I'm struggling to move the world's game to move forward with Ted Lasso because I'm like you hate Ted Lasso. No, I love You're, Ted. You think the show is awful? I love Ted Lasso. I think it's great. I have, I'm, I'm struggling with the same thing that has happened before, where I'm like, I, I, only, I know I only have so many left to watch before the season ends, and that there's going to be a long gap until the next one, and it's like, it's like I'm rationing it. Like I don't, what, what we're through six or seven or eight. The, the, I believe ten have been released total, but and I actually thought that that's where the, the season ended because that's where season one ended. But 11 is due out on Friday, so I don't know how many they're going this season. Maybe 12? What the fuck? Okay. Didn't know you could do that once you'd established. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm just kind of not in a rush, I guess, is what I'm saying with Ted Lasso right now. It's kind of got, it's gotten to a point where um, I, I want to be able to give it my full focus. This is one of my favorite shows, and there's been a lot going on the past couple weeks, so I don't feel like as, as obligated to try to watch Ted. But this is what happened with Deadwood for me, where I like I refused to ever watch the series finale in the movie. I wish I had done this with Dexter as a strategy instead of ever watching the final season or finale. Did that ever? Did that come back? I don't think it has yet. No. The fact that we don't know is not a great sign for <laughs> Showtime, frankly, and for for Dexter's comeback. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just that's where I'm at with Ted. Yeah, uh, the the thing I, I feel like shows are starting to stack up a little bit, and so so I, that I'm trying to kick it out as quickly as possible because like Squid Game just so got dropped on, on my lap, thing. and I got it, and I'm still I have not started a Succession rewatch. It's October in two days, comes out in so nineteen days. You've already days, done mine, and it's like so I gotta get I gotta get on that Succession. So I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to churn through as much content as I possibly can. You content. know what I mean? Like I gotta, I gotta get on with Ted Lasso, uh, so that I can d- dive deep on Squid Game and then get get into my Succession mindset and 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 be ready for uh, for Oystar Clamco to to have its have its uh, weekly board meetings. You know sure. what I mean? Absolutely, so, I understand that. I've already done my rewatch, but I'm gonna do another one. But uh, probably before I, I, I finish so Ted Lasso, I, I watched uh, Beard After Hours. Is the last episode of Ted Lasso that I watched? It's okay. a total homage to a '70s Scorsese film called After Hours, which I started putting many pieces of of together, and now I'm realizing that the Weekends album After Hours was not only referential to. Scorsese's Casino with the look and the and the suits and the uh, jackets and the uh, Vegas vibe, but also the Scorsese film After Hours. It's direct name recognition, uh. um, and the whole vibe is like where like 
you know, after midnight, like nothing good happens right. and you go on this crazy journey and you have a shit. weird people and you get your ass kicked and then you almost do something and then blah, blah, blah. And like all this crazy, all the shit hits the fan because you're out after hours. But you um, learn something, right? You do learn so, something. Uh, yeah, the, I, I think the, at this point in the Ted Lasso conversation, getting into like the critiques of it, the, the, the most interesting or, or kind of like my, the, the, the thought that has reached me the most now and, or feels the most poignant is that like, this is why we can't have nice things. Ted Lasso is, the, is, is, was all about like creating joy. People loved the first season because it was so happy and so like, it, you know, feel good and things good things happen on Positivity. the show and it's like season two rolls around and it's of course like the fucking internet and twitter just has like we can't have a nice good thing without tearing it down just we the bitching have, and the moaning just go after anything that is good or anything that is bad we just have to go after it no matter what essentially now in our current age and era yeah and it just it kind of sucks and it's like am i enjoying season two as much as i enjoyed season one no it's gone in a bunch of weird directions, and I'm not sure that I'm in love with multiple, many, uh, with several of the storylines, and I, I'm not totally sure what they're doing. Is that okay? Yes. A lot of people, a lot of shows have sophomore. And here's the thing: S- seasons go up and down from 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 year to year. Like we're, we're rewatching The Sopranos on Patreon right now, and it's like season four, not that loved, but it's still good, it's still fun, it's still enjoyable to watch. I'm like, still I, out on that. I love season four. And, I don't know why uh, people don't love season four. What the fuck you're talking about? I'm just saying that, like, that it, you know, people rank it low. They, they say, oh, season one was better. Season three was better. Season six is better. Man, like, fuck yeah. those people, though. Like, so season four is probably, your favorite season. Probably just the ringer. I, I'm saying until we've dis- until we've finished season four, I'm not even <laughs> willing to discuss other people's takes about where season four should be ranked in the hierarchy. But of I'm Sopranos. just saying that that type of conversation exists around every great show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, some seasons big... are better than others, and like, but I, to I your just... point. You and I do this for a living. Part of the internet that sucks is that every jackass has to give their fucking Ted Lasso take. Yeah. And it's like, if you're, if you're listening right now and you're like, you guys are doing it. You bitch all the time about stuff. It's like, yes, for a living. This is our job. We're literally critics on a podcast who discuss TV and film. Also, while admitting the entire time that we love the thing we are discussing. Yeah. Thoroughly support it. Enjoy it. Hope everybody else watches it too. Very rarely do me and Barrett say like, you should not watch this. It's a waste of your time. Sometimes it happens because sometimes shit is bad. But like with Ted Lasso as an example, you brought up the exact episode I saw a lot of controversy around on Twitter. And you know what the controversy was? People didn't get it. Uh, yeah, I, they that's didn't not surprising. know it was an after hours yeah. homage. And if you didn't know that, apparently this episode, much like some of the other homages they've done, like the rom-com one, that I completely whiffed, but guess what? Still enjoyed. And then when Barrett explained it to me, I felt like a big dumb-dumb and was like, oh my god, it has another layer to it. Look at that. What a great show. Like, if you don't get something, doesn't mean it's bad. Yeah, yeah. And I and, and I also don't want to sound like I'm saying, like, you know, another piece of the conversation that has has spun off from the Ted Lasso thing is like... Well, now we're not allowed to criticize anything anymore. Like, <sighs> if some people enjoy it, th- then they f- then then they don't want any criticisms, and that's not it either. I- I- criticism is great, and I I just sat here and said that like, I can I can critique some things in season two of Ted Lasso, especially compared to season but just, one. Just like the 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 wave, the the onslaught of like having something good man. and then needing to find things wrong with it, needing to tear it down, like. Having to put out that take, like you said, and everybody has to come for it, and we all like get out the twit our our Twitter pitchforks. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just so it's very it's very irritating. annoying and irritating because like you know r- writing an article about how season two hasn't lived up to the expectations of season one is fine, but it's then it's the aftermath of that. It's the it's the it's the conversation going in every which direction, and like everybody having to just fucking show their teeth about it and. It's I mean, just, it's a weird, it's a weird zone that we live in. Dude, now. you with, bring with, up with the, with the critiques and the criticisms as it pertains to shows that another half really loves. You bring up a great, really interesting point because it's like, just as a creator, now I'm sitting here and thinking about this, this, uh, this sort of phenomenon that's, that's come out of the internet, which is just this, everybody can spew their critiques about TV and movies all of the time, right? I guarantee you we are still seeing the result of what that's done to writers' rooms. I bet you they haven't found a good way to insulate themselves from this shit. Now, I bet you the smartest ones have, 
But, bro, that's that's the really sad part, is that I think when you have a season like Ted Ted Lasso season two that results in this this was kind of America's darling and then what we've done historically as Americans is take our celebrities and burn them to the ground. Right, yeah. And he, if you, when you reach the top, we then, then set we burn you on you fire. Down. Yeah. And then we want to see if you can get back up. Yep. But even if you do get back up, we want to kick you in the face again <laughs> and then see if you can try again. That's what we do because we're fucking sick. Um, and that's kind of the situation we're in with Ted Lasso where it feels like people are just going after it to try and see if they can ruin it. And it's like... I, I don't know if that's going to work. I feel like this show knew what it was going into season one, was pretty well prepared, and has has kind of almost steadfastly gone into its sophomore season, probably knowing, hey guys, this is not going to get the same feedback. We're doing a little bit different shit here. It's getting a little darker. We're going more yeah. into therapy stuff. It's just that you can't get online without being drowned in the negativity of like right. takes, and it yeah. sucks. That yeah. part's very annoying. You're right. Speaking of which, the Ringer's 35 under 30 yes, list sucks. back to the list. So you do, you do not like this list? No, I like it. It's solid. It's just that I don't know how old anyone is. Yeah. Um, so there, I kept being like, wait, why isn't this person on the list? And then Googling them and they're 36 or 37. Ah, okay. and, I'm, and I'm also like, well, there are people on this list. Hollywood is strange. Yeah. Because you go out there. And then they do all kinds of things to your face and make you look even better and different right. yeah. and younger. Oh, yeah. And then they, oh, sure and not. then some people don't do that for like the first 15 years and then they do it a lot. Mm-hmm. And then you can't even tell who they are. Like, I'm, I'm still not sure that's Megan Fox. <laughs> <laughs> um, some comments uh, on this list for you. I, 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 I searched Rachel Zegler while we were uh, chatting. Uh-huh. She is about to play Maria in the Spielberg West Side Story movie. And, Sounds like a big deal. And she is cast as Snow White in Disney's live-action remake of Snow White. Oh, so that's... She, so she's got some some very, very large upcoming projects. Slight is, come up. Which uh, is how she slid in, into this list. Um, other comments from me. Cannot believe that I'm older than Jesse Plemons. Really, that's the one that was just a uh, a, a nut punch, as it, as it was, as it were. How old is that and guy? So it may be. Yeah, dude, I think that's kind of more like... <laughs> his problem you know what i'm saying yeah like Je- jesse's 33 born in dallas which might be the problem um as well but he's uh yeah he looks like a 48 year old man that's not your problem i was surprised and and again we i don't have the, i have not listened to anything that they've said about this list on the big picture uh which is the podcast that put this out i've i don't know their criteria or what so i'm just going ba- based on this is their top 35 actors under 35 list sure. that's all that's hey, all we know look they didn't list any criteria on and, the social media um, posts so I, I i think jennifer lawrence at number 10 is an interesting one primarily that she is still ranked so high and that that we're obviously that signals to me that we're that we are owing a lot to past body of work and potential for future work She's obviously still a very sought after actor that has taken time for whatever reason and 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 kind of ducked from from the spotlight. Uh, her last few films were not as uh, graciously received as the the earlier stuff. So so she's had some whiffs. It happens. Yeah, it, interesting one to watch out for. She's extremely talented. We love Jennifer Lawrence. She's she's you know. She is in that mold of like a Julia Roberts kind of an America's sweetheart. We love her in all sorts of different kinds of roles. Um, interested to see what she's got going forward. Um, another one that I wanted to mention, I think Ana de Armas is about to skyrocket up this list, especially after Bond drops. Uh, yeah, she's a, all the way down at 18 on In there. a couple of weeks. And, um, let's see. Anya Taylor-Joy at number four is... Five. Five for Anya Taylor-Joy. Sorry, five is, uh, is, look, it's probably fair, I'm just. She climbed fast. That it, was it, holy it, shit. It, yeah, it feels high. Apparent. She is another one that like is obviously riding that wave, the Queen's Gambit wave, still very much so. And then she has film projects coming. Yeah, coming very soon, which are I think are big deals. So that, but but you're right. That is. High. I'm surprised, for example, that uh, Florence Pugh is not higher than Anya Taylor Joy is. Yeah, and like putting Zendaya ahead of Jennifer Lawrence is like the most ringer bullshit ever. <laughs> You fucking serious? She's done like I mean, look, Zendaya is phenomenal, but that's not fair, man. J J Law has like four or five household name films. Yeah, 
household name films. She's got Zendaya stars in an HBO show that most people can't watch because they're not willing to accept that these children even exist. J-Law has an Oscar. Oh, yeah. And been nominated for a few, I think. And I'm sure Zendaya will get one. So what's eventually? So, uh, but that's not a fair fucking ranking for present day. Again, we don't know if this list is like it is. Is this a hot list? Like, is it like who's hot? I don't care what the criteria it is. Feels that's like disrespectful. A, it, it feels like it's a hot list right now. You know, not as not like a. You know, see, we sure, were, we, uh, sure. Uh, we, I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it's like the active heat. Is there, a, where's the active heat? And yeah, I do yeah. believe that that is probably the way this was most organized based especially, on that type of deal right there. Especially Zendaya has uh, Dune. True. Releasing imminently. True. So. I, you're right. They put heavy consideration toward projects that are upcoming. Um, Let's see. Uh, also no, very ringer. No, no uh, Zoe Deutsch on here, which I thought was interesting um she seems like somebody that absolutely would have been on this list but i guess if you're if you're playing maria and you're down at number 34 then then there wasn't room for you yeah uh miles teller seems like he's been in the news for the wrong reasons the last couple of years but what did he, he do i haven't heard much all, about he, him there was the the headlines got out there i don't think that they were accurate in the end but they made it out there, and, and I'm sure people don't realize that there were some corrections made. He apparently won't get vaccinated on the set of this um, Godfather thing that they're that they're doing. Oh, this Godfather series they're making. Yeah, yeah. And he <laughs> and he may or may not have brought COVID to the set and gotten a bunch of people sick. <laughs> this was, I believe, that this was wrong, but that was the headline. Wow, that's not good. Yeah, Vanity Fair's headline: Miles Teller's allegedly unvaccinated ass causes headaches on Godfather <laughs> series set. That's actually a pretty legitimate reason to uh, very unfair. Him for at least for a moment, very unfair if this was inaccurate, because obviously those headlines made the made the the trades, and yes, there's, there's right. no putting that cat back in the bag hey, after right. the headlines are completely, out there. Completely, completely uh, unfair I do to Hollywood. Want, so I do want to just say I'm not sure if that was actually if that ended up being true or not. But also the redactions could have just been publicist spin. Like, we have no yeah, clue. So we have no and, clue. And that's an important thing to acknowledge about Hollywood. He's always kind of been tagged as like an asshole, difficult Bad to boy. work with guy. Pain in the ass, fuck but, boy. Uh, but he does have the Godfather thing. And then it's, when that, whenever that Top Gun movie comes out, you got to think that, that his name will be uh, back in everybody's... Uh, God, I hope he doesn't no. suck. I hate it when people that suck are incredible at something that I, I love yeah. them for. Like R. Kelly. Um, so yeah, just, uh, I, I appreciated this list just to get a, a picture of, of, of who's out there under 35 doing their thing. And can I say one more shocker a lot, for me? A lot, lot of good stuff out there. Zoe uh, Kravitz thought she was 48. No disrespect. <laughs> I thought she was like the most beautiful young looking 48 year old woman of I all time. I think you're talking about her mom, Lisa Bonet. Nah, bro. I always forget that's even her mom. I just know Lenny Kravitz is her dad. And in my brain, he's the age of my dad. <laughs> yeah, but you're not 48. Okay, but she just looks so wise. Huh. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not her skin that makes her look like she's old. It's her fucking wisdom in her eyes or something. Okay. But she looks 50, but also <laughs> 20. So she freaks me out seeing her name on the list. I guess I just... she like She's an alien to me, so she doesn't like fit in... I don't think she's classically... like They don't look at age the same way that humans do. Time doesn't work the same way for the aliens like Zoe. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Elizabeth Olsen... Uh, just like, dude, if you had told me that that would be the way this went down after the Olsen twins were the most famous people in the fucking world my mm -hmm. entire childhood, mm -hmm. that Elizabeth Olsen would be a top 20 right in front of Zoe Kravitz, 35, under 35 actress. Yep. Actor, that would blow my mind. It is blowing my mind as I say it. Who's so Ronan? Sorcy Ronan? Saoirse Ronan. Saoirse Ronan. Which one is a... Uh... Irish actress from... Uh, oh, yeah! L L Little Women. Love her. Lady Bird. Bunch of other stuff. Do you think her and Anya Taylor-Joy fucking hate each other? No. I bet they're, I bet they're friends in okay. the industry. I just feel like they've got real similar vibes. Yeah, yeah. They're either best friends or they fucking hate each other. Brooklyn. She was in that show, in that movie, Brooklyn. Mm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. A little, well, love, little love story. Good to know who's under 35. We do know, know who's under 35. We yeah, do know yeah. some of them now. Beanie Feldstein Beanie slipped Feldstein. in there at 29. That's interesting. Yeah, Brie Larson in there at, at 16. She she uh, she could have, would have, probably will be higher at some point again. 
I mean, that's Captain Marvel that we're talking about. That's true enough. My, and, so, I mean, I think this is my final take about this list. I think this list reveals and says a lot about the changing landscape of Hollywood because you have some classical uh, movie stars yep, like yep, yep. Michael B. Jordan, right? Right, and then you've got the most. It's just like the most Gen Z feeling Aquafina. Like what? <laughs> yeah, like perfect example. Thank you. Where you're just kind of like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's. It's fascinating to watch it unfold in real time. It's one of the things that's been most enjoyable about doing this podcast for the last four or five years is that Barrett and I get to see it happen and keep bringing it up to you. But it's like this thing five years from now is going to be even stranger because you're going to have a bunch of TikTok people on it and shit like that infiltrated the game through social media. Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Which is going to weird me out. Yeah, I mean, uh, what's her face was getting rave reviews for uh, for he, uh, he's all that on Netflix. What? <laughs> uh, what's her name? the the TikTok the TikTok chick, the main one, I, not Demelio, the other one. I why only can't, know. Why can't I think of her name? I only know Demelio and the dude who never says a word, but just makes that face like you're all morons and shows you simple things that people do wrong. Those are the only two I know. Oh, I don't, I don't know that one. He's got like he's he him and Demilio are the richest and most famous people in the world now. Huh. TikTok is crazy. Addison is, Ray. Is Addison crazy, Ray. man. Addison Ray is the star of a Netflix remake of She's All That, but they flipped the roles and it's He's All That. What? And I'm kidding, it did not get rave reviews, but she is attempting to do the acting thing. Yeah. So. I think his name is Kabi Lame. Kabi Lame. Never heard of him. K-H-A-B-Y. I'm about to show you his face, and you're going to go, oh, yeah, that fucking guy. Because you've seen him, for sure. You've seen this dude in memes? No? Wow. God, Barry, you're such a fucking boomer, dude. Get on TikTok one time and follow Kobe Lane. <laughs> you didn't know who Addison Ray was. I don't know who anybody is. I just know. I, I just happen to know this one guy. You just know Kobe. I'm just trying to sound cool. Yeah. All right? Speaking of, uh, last thing today. We did just boomer ourselves out of the room with that TikTok discussion, by the way. Barrett, Apologies it, to our young listeners. <laughs> no, I will not apologize for being... I'm trying very desperately to cling to youth here, all right? We, it's important to me and Barrett that we try. We can't just give up, Barrett. Who's that old, who's that old one TikTok star? You know the one. It's, it's that poop again. <laughs> Call the fire department. This one's out of control. Joe our, Montana played quarterback, you idiot. I, you said, Joe Mon I said Joe Montana. <laughs> <laughs> the Mini Saints of Newark, uh, Newark, uh, the Mini Saints of New York, the Mini Saints of Newark drops October first. Um, that is that is in two days, I think. That's this weekend. It's Friday. It's this Friday. Friday, indeed. Um, I haven't even looked up yet if you're allowed to watch it, like in terms of spoilers mm. or not. Surely I'm allowed to watch it. It's a prequel. What could it possibly ruin? I know, but I just want to be sh like I know, sure. I know. I, I need to look Me it up too. for you. Yeah. yeah. Um. But I, I. Yeah, I'm gonna look it up for you. But surely they'd be fucking because the whole thing, the whole plot, part of the reason they're doing this movie has to be to get more like right. Sopranos it, yeah, viewers. yeah. I mean, that's definitely a right? perk. It, that's a tie-in. Drag people into the HBO universe. Yes. Because it's a beautiful Sign place up to be. For HBO Max. And yeah. the next thing you know, you you got more HBO customers. Yeah. I, I yeah. don't know why that wouldn't be part of the plan, but, yeah. um. I this is I am I, I told y'all when the when the news of the Mini Saints in Newark first came out I was in this kind of scared place like oh fuck is this them like are they gonna do my boy Jim Gandolfini wrong as as Steve calls him uh, Steve Sharippa calls him and everybody who was close to him and definitely not me hey Jim um, Jimmy are they gonna drag the reputation of one of my favorite pieces of art ever made uh, just for the sake of a buck or to try to Revigor invigorate the brand or like what's happening here I was just worried then I saw the trailer I started reading about Michael Gandolfini his process uh, I uh, the worries went away and now it's like it's game day almost mm -hmm. and I'm nervous again so that's I mean I'm just I'm just trying to get the anxiety off my chest and put it onto y'all yeah that's yeah. what I'm saying so I'm nervous for the movie version of one of my favorite things ever made which historically Percentage-wise, has been mostly yeah. failures. Right, right. Taking right. a TV thing, putting it on big screen, usually bad thing. Yes. So, all I'm saying is, fingers crossed, knock on wood, I'm praying. Yeah. Please pray with me now. Dear Lord. No, I'm just kidding. Ross, you'll be okay. 
Uh, the thing is, you just gotta hit the books. If I hit the books, I'll be just fine, yeah. which is uh, what you all should do by going to patreon.com slash oysters, clams, cockles, and enjoying The Sopranos with Barrett and I, episode by episode, with a companion podcast. For every episode of the show, we are like halfway through season four, or a little under halfway, right now on patreon.com slash oysters, clams, cockles. Friendly to first-timers and repeat watchers. One episode per week drops every Thursday. Barrett and I are dropping tomorrow, Thursday, September 30th, with episode... Taking a stab at it, five of season four. I, I think, think that's, that's right. That, that sounds right. If yep. it's not, go check patreon.com slash oysters, clams, cockles, and find out for yourself now. And then uh, join Barrett and I, support this podcast as we continue to try and grow and get our show to a place where uh, more and more people will know and love it. Today, patreon.com slash oysters, clams, cockles, watch and enjoy The Sopranos with Barrett and I. We'll be back soon. Hit us on social media, at Barrett Dudley everywhere, at WR Bolin everywhere. Bowling Media Brands, follow them, listen to our stuff, enjoy, holler at us. We'll be back soon. Bye-bye.